Welcome to the Quilting Company Podcast, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilting. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Taddy. And on today's episode, our theme is a man with a plan. First up, we're going to be discussing how we each plan quilting designs. And then in our open studio segment, we will be talking to designer Scott Flanagan, who is just a prolific designer who is often featured in the pages of our magazines at the Quilting Company. And then finally, we're going to be discussing the controversial topic of Quilt Project Rejects. And there are some, aren't there? <laughs> yes, there are. <laughs> Too many. So, how are you, ladies? It's so nice to see you in the studio today. Yeah. I'm delighted that Ginger's actually here. I did. I actually showed up, and uh, it does. It feels good to be in here, and uh, I feel much more connected to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. It, it's much better to actually be in person in the studio than even connected on Skype, yeah. I think. No, especially because there's like this tiny little room that they shove me in when I'm in there because that's like the quietest <laughs> place in the office out there at the other place. So uh, so this is nice. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's it's nice to actually be in a room with furniture and not just, you know, piled up things, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So first up, I want to talk about how each of us tackles design when it comes to making a quilt. I remember when I first started quilting, uh, at first I couldn't even imagine the quilt that I wanted to make in any other color combination. And so I made it exactly like the pattern. Quickly, my brain started to have the ability to see the design in other color combinations. And then pretty quickly after that, I started to want to change up the design. I like that quilt, but I want the block to be bigger or I want this particular block to be a different block. Or, um, But I still don't really think of myself as a designer. What about you, ladies? See, I definitely think of myself as a designer. I started out with that scrappy stuff and I wouldn't even have a pattern. I knew what block I was going to use, and I made a quilt with 12 or 20 or whatever of that block. But then I started playing around um, while I got EQ, and Mm -hmm. I love EQ, and I started playing around with putting together two different blocks in quilts. And in EQ, it's super simple to change colors, Mm -hmm. so... So I, I, like I said, I definitely consider myself a designer. I definitely know. I haven't touched EQ yet. I, I've definitely uh, dabbled a little, but I haven't spent much time in there. And I know if I did, I'd fall in love. I was, <laughs> I was really shocked at how much I enjoyed the design aspect of quilting. I had no idea that, that I even needed that in my life. And uh, when I've gone in, it's so funny. I think every pattern that I followed, I've never followed it completely. I've always been kind of the rule breaker. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm well, I love way. this about it, but I don't like that one aspect. So mm-hmm. I would really try to figure out. So I don't know that I ever really have followed a pattern 
completely. I think I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's just kind of a suggestion. I'm, I'm going to do it this way and see how it does. And most of the time it works out pretty good. Like I feel like I've been pretty lucky and I, I'm not that adventureful yet um, with the patterns that I pick and everything. I, I, I think I can look at something right away and really determine, I think I can handle that. I can tackle that. I think curves were like the biggest thing. And when I went, I did uh, one pattern with curves and it was like, uh, I, I don't think I've ever stuck to the colors that have mm-hmm. been within one. I, I just always, for me, if I like a a fabric or if I like a color, I'll go with that. And then I'll go to look for the pattern actually to see what I want to do with it. And so, uh, but yeah, when I found, uh, like when I figured out how to do curves, that opened up a whole design world for me. Isn't that interesting? Because I think that I definitely am in the same boat that I don't, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever followed a pattern perfectly <laughs> or exactly. Um, and I think that's, do you think that's a, a personality type? I think it's a creative type. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all artists, um, and and our art mm-hmm. motivation makes us want to do things our way. Yeah. So we're going to change colors. We're going to change something. little details, mm-hmm. something about it. But before we get too far, I think we need to explain just it occurs to me that we're talking about EQ and we haven't said what EQ is. Oh, EQ yes. is electric quilt. Software. It's a design mm-hmm. software that you use in your computer. It's wonderful. I really like it a lot. See, and I have it. I am not very adventurous with it. Isn't that interesting? I, I think because I, I've never had anyone show me how to use it. Mm. So I know how to do a little bit. And I know how easy it is to change the colors. And I know how to take a block and bring it into the file and, and change the borders and do that kind of stuff. But when I see our designers send in a file from EQ, because we get that often, right. um, I'm always just amazed at what they're able to create using that software. One of the things that I really like to do is go to Barbara Brackman's book Mm. or to old issues of Quilter's newsletter and find blocks in there and then draw the block in EQ and design from there. Just a fun way That's to do That's a great things. book, by the way. Oh, yeah. I, I love, love Barbara book. Brackman's book. It's, I think it's out of print. It is. Um, I'll, we'll put a link in the post. Um, it's the Encyclopedia of Quilt Blocks, and it is a big honking dictionary size book. Yes. I had posted on Facebook that I was looking for a copy and was blessed enough to have one of my quilting friends uh, give me, she had two copies of it. Nice. And she just gave me one. And I mean, really, I was prepared to spend all kinds of bucks on get, finding a copy of that book. Yeah. Um, so it is an awesome resource for quilters of any any level, even if you Absolutely. don't plan to design. It's a wonderful book. Yep. Nice. All right. So I think we'll we'll take a break now and go to our sponsor. Uh, and when we come back, Lori and I are going to be talking to um, one of our very favorite designers, Scott Flanagan. And he's going to be here talking about how he works through his design process. All right. Today in our open studio segment, we are talking to designer Scott Flanagan. Welcome, Scott. Hi, it's great to be here. 
Um, why don't you tell our readers a little bit about what you do? They can often see your quilt designs in Quilt Maker Magazine, McCall's. I'm sure you've been love, in love of quilting as well. Um, a bunch of the quilting company publications in general. But tell us a little bit about where you're from and uh, what you do uh, in all of your quilting activities. Uh, sounds good. Uh, so I live in Fremont, Nebraska. I'm about a half hour northwest of Omaha. Um, I have I work for Country Traditions Quilt Store in Fremont, um, but in 2011 I decided to branch out and start Fourth and Main Designs, uh, which you said is in a lot of your publications. Do you tend to be more traditional? Yeah, I tend to be a little bit more traditional, maybe with a little bit of a contemporary or modern twist to it, um, but definitely more on the traditional side, just non-traditional coloring. That's true. And, you know, it's interesting to me, at least for the designs of yours that have come into my publications, either in, probably in Quilt Maker mainly, uh, what I have noticed about your patterns is they tend to have very traditional elements, but go together in a very complex way um, in which you're combining all different blocks together into one piece. And the thing that's really interesting to me is when you submit to us, usually the quilt is colored a few different ways. That's not always true. But when you've sent over, you know, a pattern, sometimes you're doing it in multiple different colorways. And some seem more traditional than others. Might be a little, another one might be, a. I, I'm thinking of one in particular where I think it was all sort of browns and blues. And then there was another colorway with yellows and greens. Do you usually work that way where you're thinking in multiple different colorways? Or do you design in black and white and then figure out, from there how do you choose that um i use electric quilt for designing and i have a base palette of about five colors i do all my base designing with um so brown blue red green yellow and a background but as i'm doing that i'm thinking in my head of all the different color combinations and quite often what i send you for one coloring i'll send you like that as you said the two or three colors mm -hmm. whichever one you submit I will make, but then I will make one or two of the other colorings as well. So a lot of my quilts in my basement, I have two to three colorings of every quilt. Because um, I realize... Go ahead. Because I realize quilters can't always see it beyond what the pattern is. That's right. Um, That's so when I travel and go to trunk shows, I like to be able to show them, here's the quilt as you see it on the cover, but here is two other colorways that are polar opposites. So, Scott, you said something about the number of quilts in your basement. I want to know a number. I want to know <laughs> about how many quilts you have in your basement. I think it'll blow people away. Well, I just refolded because I had a little bit of a water issue, so I had to do an inventory. 150 plus. Oh, cool. Oh, my goodness. That's Talk awesome. Talk about amazing. And that doesn't count what's at my parents' house or work being displayed as well. Wow. That's way cool. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be like that. And and you have that many because you do trunk shows, right? Correct. And so you figure it's 150, but maybe 50 of them are doubled up because they're two colorings. Okay. And then I wow. when I travel, 
I could take the double colorings. Right. So when you travel to do lectures, what's, what are your lecture topics? So my main lecture topic is my quilting journey, um, which spans from when I started quilting at the age of seven till now. And I have everything from my very first quilt to my most to current. And so I wow. take about 70 to 80 quilts with me in six huge suitcases. Um, and I cover the whole span. You so started quilting when you were seven? Yes. Grandma put a rotary cutter in my hand at the age of seven. She was trusting. <laughs> yeah, I would never trust a seven-year-old with a rotary cutter, but yeah, she did. Wow. Now, see, that just, that amazes me, Scott. I think we've known each other for, what, like 15 years or something like that? And Close to that. I had no idea that even at that point you were such an experienced quilter. So here's a little funny story for you on that. Grandma was not exactly the best um, quilter. She did quilts for Lutheran World Relief. And she believed in speed, get it done, and on to the next one. So she didn't teach me good habits. Her theory was pressing didn't matter, and sew with a presser foot with a seam width. It wasn't until I started at the quilt store 12 years ago that I learned that uh, you're supposed to take a quarter-inch seam. <laughs> That's great. Wow. Because her machine was just whatever a presser foot width was. Right. Her presser foot because I was sewing on her machine when I started, it was three-eighths of an inch. Sure. And Which so I think a lot of people who learned garment sewing, that's right. what they did. Because my, uh, my sister was showing me how to sew, and she wasn't a quilter. And so to her, a seam was three-eighths. Probably five-eighths if she was a garment. <gasps> five-eighths, you're yeah, right. Five it was five-eighths. Yes, yeah. you're absolutely right. See, but I'm not much of a garment sewer. I sewist. started working there. <laughs> that I learned that, oh, that quarter inch really matters. Oh, absolutely. When you're doing, if you're doing nine patches, uh, a three-eighths inch seam is fine, but there are lots of other things, especially that you do nowadays, that a quarter of an inch is really important. Really, really important. I mean, you have so many pieces often that go into one of your quilt designs that if you're even a scant, like, needle width off on those pieces, they're not going to match up. You Correct, know? yeah. And I love samplers. Samplers are by far my favorite quilt to design. So in that case, your quarter inch has to be on because there's so many different elements right and yeah. that's one of the things i love when i get your design scott is is that that you have such uh, a variety of pieces and parts in one quilt it's pretty amazing and i think i like the coloring yes because i mean you use so many different shades of the same colors in in your quilts and they just they blend, but yet the values are different enough that it stands out. It's just great. So, Scott, you say you've been quilting since you were seven. When did you start actually designing? Um, that would have been 2010, maybe just a year before I decided to start my business, 4th and Main Designs. Is when I finally started really designing on my own. So, what... What made you decide to open your own design business? What was the moment where you decided to take this from being a hobby into being a business? 
Um, I was sitting at home one night and I'm like, if I'm going to sit here and sew on projects, why not have it help make me some fun money? So I could buy more fabric and more machines. <laughs> I love that. Yes, I agree. I think that, you know, I think that a lot of quilters have that moment where they think, I love this so much. Can this be a business or a job or and and that always means something different to each person, I think. Um, and actually, I, I like the word um, instead of a job, I like the word um, vocation or avocation. Because um, I think there's a difference between a job and a mm-hmm. vocation. Um, the vocation is something that you really feel internally that that is who you are. Um, and that's what quilting is for me. That is integral into who I am. Um, well said. How much time do you spend on quilting every week? Uh, good question. Because uh, I just was asked that this last weekend. I sew maybe two, three nights a week. Uh, I do not sew every day. A lot of times Tuesdays are my day to sit and sew, and I will start sewing at 9 a.m., and I will sew till 9 p.m. straight through, and that is my day of sewing. Uh, And so I have to really get a lot done in that day. Um, But I play on the computer with designing, oh, probably an hour and a half, two hours a day. Wow. But the actual See, sewing that's why is... I'm not good at EQ8. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's it right there is I don't spend the time every day. <laughs> um, but when I sit down to sew, I'm like, I've got a deadline. I've got to get it done. And so I just zone in and I will easily do a quilt in a day or two of just power sewing. One of your quilts in a day. Correct. So... We're looking at each other. I wish wish that our listeners could see my face right now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the Stars of Time that was in McCall's, Mm -hmm. I think it was, Mm -hmm. uh, I did that while recuperating from surgery. And I did that, I think, in three days, start to finish. And you're including the quilting in this, aren't you, Scott? Uh, No, because... Okay. Okay. I'm a little bit, has it takes me a little bit to get the quilting done. I'm not always good about getting to that part. The Stars of Time, that one was really complicated. Yes, it too. was. Yep. There was 12 different units and sometimes two or three of the same unit. Right. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> McCall's and Quilt Maker are my magazine, so I remember editing that uh, one. I don't think I was the one who wrote it. Um, but boy, that one was a doozy to make sure that we were being accurate. Um, and it was a little bit complicated because some of the units were, uh, exactly the same, but the coloration was very different. Yes. And for those of you listening, we'll have a, a, a image of that quilt in the show notes so you can see what we're talking about. It's gorgeous. Now, I will say one part of the quilting process that I really struggle with is binding. I have probably 25 quilts in my basement that need binding. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, the quilt on my bed I've been using for three years without binding. Oh, no. Really? (laughs) It's like the shoemaker's children. (laughs) See, that's really funny. That's what we need to ask people. What's the part that they really get hung up on? Yeah. Binding is my favorite part. Because Here's I'm done. Theory. When you look at antique quilts, 
the binding is always what's worn out. Yes. yes. So if you never bind the quilt, it will never wear out <laughs> and will never have to be redone. Oh, Scott. That's great. <laughs> I think binding is fun, though, and easy. You need one of those little binding babies or just use the glue method. I, those are two ways I like to bind, and both work really well. I do most of mine by machine. And so by doing stuff for all of you, it forces me to get the binding done because mm-hmm. it has to be bound to send to you. Yes. Now I'm going to have to look at his bindings more yes. closely when the quilts yes. come in. Yeah, now we know what to look for, Scott. <laughs> all right. So if that's the part that hangs you up, what's your favorite part? Um, my favorite part is probably the assembly process. There is something magical about laying because I'll cut it out and lay it on the like the block and I'll lay out all the pieces on the table and to see the block in its raw form. And then you sew that first seam together and press it. And what happens is I start sewing and it's like, oh, well, I got this seam done. Well, let's get this seam done and then I'll take a break. Oh, but the block looks so cool with that seam added in. So I sewed the next seam and the next seam. And I love that watching the block get pieced together and seeing how it kind of um, solidify and become the end unit. I like that. Do you work on a design wall then after you get the block, the blocks put together? Do you put them up on a wall? You said you were at this point working on a table. Um, yeah. Once the block is made, I have a massive design wall, 13 foot by 7 foot. Awesome. And so I get, I can have two or three quilts in the process on that wow. wall at the same time. We're envious. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like you have a really big sewing room. Um, I'm very fortunate. I just moved, and I part of the house looking process was a studio, and I have about a thousand square feet. Oh, nice! So the cutting table is forty-eight by a hundred and eight. <gasps> awesome! Oh my gosh, that's amazing! It's a dream studio. Oh, that does sound dreamy. Scott, can you send us a couple of pictures of your studio that we could include in the show notes? That might be fun. I could definitely do that for you. That would be awesome. Because I think, you know, it's funny. We sometimes get pictures of people's studios. And in at least in Quilt Maker Magazine, I've been doing designer profiles in which we do a layout and sometimes people send like Nancy Mahoney sent over pictures of her studio and it was amazing but then other times we'll get a picture from a you know a designer or even a reader and they'll show us what their studio looks like and everyone's studio is completely different they have a very different style of cleanliness and how they like to work and some people have a big budget for their sewing room and some people have a teeny weensy budget budget but they they all make it work for them. Yep. It's amazing. Yep. It's a joy to go down there and design. It just makes it fun every night when I get home from work to go down there and be like, oh, I get to create in this space. Oh, fun. So you worked at the store all day and then you go home and you sew. Correct. <laughs> that sounds good. As I said, this is my life. This is integral to who I am. Indeed. And we can tell that from the way that you design and the quilts that you design. You definitely have a signature style and uh, a way about your quilt designs that you can look at and you say, ah, that's a Scott Flanagan. Yeah. And see, that's very interesting because I do not see mine having a signature style at all. But yet I have customers that say they can tell that 
in the magazine as soon as they look at it. Isn't that funny? I, <laughs> I'm kind of flabbergasted by that, Scott. I mean, really, I think that you definitely have a, a signature style, at least for the quilts that you submit to us, I think. What do you think, Lori? You're I the think, acquisitions editor. See, I think so. Um, I don't, I, I'm not absolutely certain that without knowing I could look at a quilt and say, yeah, Scott. Um, and and because of my position, when they come in, I know who sent that. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm not sure I'm the best judge. Um, but yeah, there's, like you said, this the whole sampler thing is a a really cool thing that you do fairly frequently, and I really love that. And I think it's very uh, a different type of st- sampler. Too. Oh, absolutely. You know, very yeah. Complex. I don't like. I don't like samplers that are just 12 blocks sewn together. Mm-hmm. I like something that really people have to think, how is that assembled? How is that hooked together? Yeah, we can tell that. Yes, exactly. For sure. All right. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for being a part of the show today. Um, why don't you tell our listeners uh, where they can follow you on social media so that they can keep up with the latest uh, Scott pat- uh, patterns. Um, you can find my um, Facebook page at fourth and main designs by Scott Allen Flanagan. Um, that's where you can find what's going on, where if I'm going to be traveling, that's where you'll see where you can find me at trunk shows and where I tell them where, what new quilt maker or McCall's magazine to find me in. Great. And we'll put that in our show notes, too, yes, so it, well. you can find that easily. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for being a part of the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, that was really great. I just love talking to Scott. He's wonderful, isn't he? He really is. I, I was I was sneaking a listen there, and uh, oh my goodness, he's so interesting. I was dying to ask him, though, because I went on his Facebook site, and he had this great Star Wars uh, quilt that his dad had helped him out with all the die cuts and everything. So oh, it's how really cool. cool. So check it out. Check all right. it out. I guess we have to link to that in the show Definitely. notes page, too. It's, it's worth a look. It's all a lot right, of fun. Cool. For me and my love of pop culture, I just fell in love with it. That, <laughs> plus a shout out, he's from Longmont, Colorado. That's where I live. So all anyway, right. that's another cool thing See, I found out go. about him. I know. He's an interesting guy. All right, cool. So now we're going to hand everything over to Lori for today's controversial topic in fine finishes. And what we're talking about, since we're talking about design, we're going to talk about when you figure out the design has just gone amok (laughs) and it's time to do something else. And sometimes that something is to throw it in the trash. I have done that. My sister does wonderful, wonderful, crazy quilting. And probably 20 years ago, I said to her, how do you do that? And she explained to me how she did it, but I must have missed something critical in the instruction process because I decided I was going to make a crazy quilt tablecloth for my round dining room table. It got to about probably 20 or 24 inches across, and it literally had 
like this little mountain in the middle. It wasn't <laughs> laying flat. And I mean a mountain. Yes. It stuck up like three or four inches oh, wow. in the middle where I hadn't gotten things nice and flat. That was one that just went to the trash. It was like not rescuable. Yeah. Wasn't worth saving, huh? No, <laughs> not at all. Sometimes they're worth saving, though. Yeah. But she but didn't give one. you the memo to work in small chunks and then connect them later. Huh? Uh, I, I, I don't remember that part. And, yes. and the funny part is that now I can do crazy quilting. Ah. I like to do crazy quilting. In fact, <laughs> it's lots of fun. But I've figured out some things about keeping it flat. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I think when, when we were discussing this topic, the thought that popped into my head was how many projects I've started and stopped for some reason or other and why I maybe was hung up on maybe it was so I got stuck in a design um, with a skill that I hadn't developed yet or for instance I'm going to let's talk about my first UFO like my mm-hmm. oldest UFO okay. because this UFO is probably 15 years old now Oh, wow. And I have started and stopped this project probably 10 different times. And it is not a difficult design. It actually came from one of our publications. Um, So it was a Quilted for Christmas magazine years ago. And my husband fell in love with the look of the quilts, and I did too. And we wanted it for our bed. And it was a shaded nine patch, so not hard, all half square triangles and squares. And um, I first, at the time, Ginny Beyer was the big hot quilter at the time, and she had just written her book on sewing by hand. And I decided I was going to do the whole king size quilt by hand. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, that's one oh. reason that I can see why it's not finished. <laughs> um, so I did many blocks. Oh. I did quite quite a few. I probably have at least a dozen blocks done, but it needs like a gajillion blocks. And so then I decided I really didn't like how my triangle squares were going together. I tried like thangles. I tried just... Um, piecing them together. I tried all these different ways to make those and I still haven't really found a way I love. Okay. Well, it, it sounds like there's those moments though where it's like, are the quilting gods just telling you, stop? Like I <laughs> have wanted to stop this quilt I don't even know how many times and then my husband gives me guilt about mm. it. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh. because he wants it made. And then when I finally like the last last round where I was really doing a hard push to get it done and I pieced together the whole center of the quilt and hung it up and he walked in and he went, oh, your points don't match there. Oh, geez. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're not helping. I thought I was going to, it was one of those I'm going to kill him moments. Exactly. Oh, I think man. I just went, get out. Yes, just go. Just go you leave. are never to oh. point out if I don't have a point. Matching, oh my gosh. for goodness sakes. Oh, well, it's funny. You brought up the guilt word. And I think, you know, being a relapsed Catholic here, it's like, <laughs> I feel like I, I can't give up on a project. And so I really like, it will annoy me to no end. So I don't really have any UFOs. Like if I start a project, I finish it. And if I don't finish it, then I do, I get rid of it. Like I'm like, if I decide like it's not worth doing, then I just get get rid of it, move on. And then, but if I see it just sitting there, like the fact that I haven't finished the one quilt for my husband that I've been working on 
it has just been driving me insane. But I will not start another quilting project till I finish that one. And I, I don't know that I'll continue to keep doing that. I'm still fairly new. <laughs> I was pretty good at that yeah, in the beginning. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I so say. I don't know if it will go go that way. But I'm pretty stubborn. Like I, I have things that I've gotten, like uh, kits and things like that, that I haven't started yet. And I just won't start them until, which it's hard because there's a couple things I'm looking at. And it's like, oh, I'd much rather be working on that. But I was like, nope, I got to finish this one because, and, and it is, I think it's that Catholic guilt. It like eats at me. And I'm like, no, I, I have to commit. I have to do it. And yeah, that's that's the only good Catholic in me right there. <laughs> so when is it okay to throw it away? When I, you absolutely are certain that you're never going to finish it. Mm-hmm. But there are, there are other ways around that whole thing if it's just not wonderful. Sometimes I don't like colors after I've put them together and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, the contrast isn't enough. You can't see what I've done. That thing goes on the back of a quilt. Yeah. Ah, see? Yep, that's good. It that just, is something I definitely learned from you. It that, just you know, something part. you can always do something with it. Yeah. 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 Um, you can also do things like um, dog beds, pot holders. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, you don't have to keep with the original purpose. Yeah. I've done, I've actually turned some of those UFO blocks into projects for kids. Sure. Because uh, I've, I I took, I remember taking one, a couple of blocks actually, because we did this multiple times. She, uh, my daughter made little coffee cozy, you know, those little wool cozies. So I took felt and I took some UFO blocks and then I just let her go crazy with the decorative stitches like she was crazy quilting. Right. Mm. Over the blocks. We've added some more fabrics and I showed her how to stitch and flip. And and then she went crazy with the decorative stitches, and then we cut it up into little those little coffee holders for her teachers, and it was a great it it eased my guilt because the the block wasn't working. I didn't. There was one where I I liked the colors, but my accuracy on adding the seams wasn't as good as it should have been, and so we just did that. It turned out adorable. So those are great ways to do it. And I think also sometimes giving them to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> One of your other quilty friends. Mm. Yes. And, and I think we need to not have our expectations clear up at the ceiling. Yeah. Uh, we can let ourselves not do perfect projects sometimes. It's okay if your points don't match. It really is. It'll still keep people warm. Right. And for most of my quilts, that's the whole idea is I want something usable that they mm-hmm. can snuggle under and be warm and cozy. Yeah, well, and I think we, it goes back to what we were talking about originally, too, with being designers, too. I think a lot of times in your head, it's going to look one way and it doesn't look exactly like that. It does make you like, oh, no, it's, you know, and you, and you have that association with it not being perfect. Right, and, and I right. think it does make it tougher. But right. I also feel like we're all our worst critics Absolutely. because I'll do something and think it looks hideous and, I, you know, I'll show it to somebody else and they'll be like, oh, it's so great and wonderful. And I'm like, really? Oh, OK. So, right. so if you're ever in a rut, go show it to somebody and then maybe you'll be like, oh, no okay good I'm doing all right (laughs) I I, we were just talking Lori and I were just talking about this the other day because we were talking about when you're working on a project and it's you know seven inches away from your nose you're of course going to notice that your seam wasn't perfect but when you finally put it all together you might not be able to even see that little mistake in the quilt after it's quilted and bound that's right right 
Yep. I'm kind of dreading. I gave my mom my very first kit quilt that I ever did, and I'm going to see her next week, and I know the quilt's going to be there. And, it, like, the first time when I saw it out, I was like, oh, why is she putting it out? I was like, it's so, like, I just see so many mistakes. She loves that thing to death. Like, it was the first quilt I had ever given her, and it's so funny. So I'm now actually kind of excited to go see it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I actually had that happen one time where I made a friends of ours got married, and it was when I was a newbie quilter. I mean, I probably had only been quilting for a little while. And back I could make a like a baby size quilt for $40. If that tells you how okay. long ago wow. that was. That's a while. Right? Um, and I made them a double wedding ring quilt that was just a wall hanging and it was in colors that matched their house and that quilt is still hanging in their house and I went to visit them and I was shocked first of all that it was still hanging and second of all, I was actually pretty impressed with myself. I was right. like, hey, look at that. I, yep. That doesn't look so bad. Awesome. It was yeah. all hand quilted too, Lori. Oh, oh holy nice. cow. <laughs> Man. You must love those friends. <laughs> well, we're still friends. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I do have a tendency to ask for every quilt I give away. Hey, is it still, you know, did you wash it yet? Or is it, you know, it's one of those, like, is it still together? And I think all mine are still together. So it's good. <laughs> pretty amazing. Well, guys, this has been a fun discussion, um, and and we give you, our listeners, permission to go ahead and throw things away if they're really <laughs> awful. Yes, or give them away, yes. or cut to them show up. it to someone else. That's yeah. right, <laughs> right, or just put them away and look at them again in a month. And to all of our listeners, if you can do us the favor and go to Apple Podcast and like our episodes if you're enjoying these it really really does help us and helps other people find our podcast and if you feel so inclined please share on social media that you're enjoying these podcasts so that we can keep doing what we're doing thank you all thank you Lori. thank you ginger thank you great to be here we'll talk to y'all soon all right bye everybody bye Quilting Company Podcast is a production of FNW Media Studios. Our consulting producer is Ron Doyle, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer. <laughs>